Many of us would have journeyed in prayer with Rich and Ness over the last few years. Um, uh, if you don't know, um, their young daughter, uh, Lauren, became sick with cancer. And in November 2021, as hard as we prayed and as much as we didn't want this to happen, she, she died. And, and that has been horrific for them. There's no other word for, for that. And, but, and so they've had to journey uh, with leadership, with being a married couple, and journey with the death of one of their children. Um, and actually, they've had another child that died when he was a little boy, Josiah. We really felt this morning that it would be good to get them to share their story, their journey of how they've processed some things. So I'm going to invite Rich and Ness to come up with me onto the stage. Let's just welcome them, shall we, again? And uh, I'm going to ask them some questions, but really hand over to them just to share their story. So it is a bit different. For those of you who might be sitting here today thinking, oh my goodness, we've got some really difficult situations in our own church with regards to sickness. We've already connected with those people and just made sure that, you know, they're okay with this today. So for those of us that have got super pastoral hearts and you're sitting there thinking, we, we've done what we needed to do in that regard, okay? So, um, so thank you for coming and being with us. It's lovely to have you. And uh, just want to really get you to just share your story of the last two or three years, really. So before, you, before we get into, you know, the, the time of sickness and, and Lauren's illness, t- tell us a little bit about Lauren, you know, when, uh, what kind of daughter was she and, and what she was to you? Um, her nickname was Lol, and she loved that because it stood for Laugh Out Loud, and she laughed like she just had the best giggle and was one of these kind of kids that was almost just born sort of sunny side up. You know, she just saw, she was like high on life. She loved adventure. She loved animals, particularly picking up animals. <laughs> All sorts, um, you know, from crickets to frogs to chickens. It just, you know... Um, loved babies and small children so often um she loved church she loved and and so she'd watch for the kind of the youngest baby that would come through the door and then go and ask if she could um hold them cuddle them keep them on her hip while she was worshiping she loved worship yeah worship was a real pathway for her and that was one of the things that i really miss is is watching her worshiping jesus because she it was like a whole body would worship her eyes would be closed she'd be just just going for it and I had a number of adults at different times say to me they'd been brought to tears just watching how she worshipped beautiful Um, yeah yeah lovely yeah so a great personality yeah Yeah, amazing and then obviously this last two or three years have been an absolute terrible time for you Tell us a little bit about how Lauren began to get sick and a bit of that journey of, of leading up to her death and, you know, just some of that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the, the last four years, really. Um, so Easter, Easter 2019, my younger brother was diagnosed with lung cancer uh, and the prognosis wasn't good. Uh, and then in March 2021, Lauren was diagnosed with a, a brain tumour and uh, had really successful surgery, uh, made a good recovery, but again, on closer inspection, the prognosis wasn't good. 
Um, my brother uh, died in May 2021, coming up to his two-year anniversary tomorrow. Uh, Lauren had then lots of treatment during that time as well. Um, lived well, lived fully, lived unafraid. Um, lived really unafraid. Um, that was a miracle in plain sight. Um, but then got very, very ill uh, in towards the end of October 2021 and quickly over the space of about three and a half weeks went downhill, lost the use of her legs, her arms, lost her eyesight. And, um, and we spent the last 11 days, 10 days in a hospice with her. Um, and she died there. Mm. Yeah. Surrounded by lots of love and a ridiculous amount of prayer yeah. that we hadn't necessarily asked for, but word gets out when a young person is ill because um, it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, so people feel compelled to pray. Mm. Um, so, yeah. In yeah. fact, I know many here prayed. And yeah. one of the last things that Lauren said that was audible and coherent, mm. I actually recorded it. She said, tell all the people that have been praying for me, they are the most amazing people. Mm. So I know that's some of you here. So yeah. I just want you to know that that was one of the last things that yeah. she said. She wanted everyone to know how amazing they were, yeah. that they had really stood with us. And she loved um, reading the WhatsApp prayer groups. Mm. She was so encouraged and strengthened and fed mm. by the prayers of everybody. So thank you, because some of you who never met her strengthened her yeah. in those last few weeks. Yeah, amazing. And... and Obviously, her service of thanksgiving was, was online for those of us that wanted to join you from a distance. I was one of those people, watched that. And Rich, when you, when you shared at her service of thanksgiving, you talked about how she was the one that gave you strength to get through her last days. Tell me a little bit about how strong she was, the resolve in her as such a young girl, but that sense of faith. And um. Yeah, I think we just, it almost felt like watching um, a 13-year-old become like a 30-year-old. In a strange way, she, um, she led us. So, you know, you know you, obviously when you have children and, and, and they decide to follow Jesus, then they, they become both your son or daughter, but also your brother or sister. And it mm. felt like she was a sister in the Lord. And her maturity and her dignity and her trust mm. really, really led us. She just kept on encouraging us, mm. just kept on, you're doing the most amazing job. And, and her faith and her trust, it's hard to put into words. Sure, yeah. sure. So she, she did, she, she led us in those last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. When she died, um, we, we've talked you know, in different conversations over the last couple of years. Um, you, you didn't, like, hide away in your grief or in your pain, but you made an intentional decision to throw yourself into the importance of community and church. Why did you do that, and, and, what, and how has that helped? Well, the, the lead-up was we were in a small group, so we'd already decided 
I guess, way back when, that we were committed to church and family. So um, we, I think it was a week after Lauren had brain surgery and we were sitting around a fire pit because it was in another lockdown of some sort. Um, and we were in our small group and one of our friends, Phil, we, we had a loaf of bread and we had a bottle of wine and we were taking communion. And he said, basically, whatever happens, we're in this together. Uh, and so that kind of set the course for how we, we were journeying this. Um, and we continued to break bread every single week in our small group and have done ever since, actually. Um, and even the times when she was in the hospice, um, a couple of them came and said, we're outside, we've got bread and wine, we just want to break bread. Um, and so we, yeah, we had the hard decisions of how to cross those thresholds back into community that feel incredibly scary when your life has been completely turned upside down. Walking back into spaces with people is, is frightening, isn't it? It's terrifying. Um, but we knew instinctively that the best thing to do was to cross those thresholds, even though it felt incredibly scary. And this is what we believed. We wanted to be with our people. Hmm. Uh, and so there was a number of times we'd meet our friends on the way to church. They'd form a bit of an entourage around us. And we'd walk in with them. And they'd sit either side of us and in front of us and behind us. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. And I think uh, it's, it, that's the power of communion. It's what yeah. we're made for. One of my deepest revelations, really, is this is what heaven's about. Heaven's, heaven's about communion. C.S. Lewis said joy is the serious business of heaven, but it's only the serious business because of communion, because of relationship, and we get to participate in that now, which is why our relationships are so precious. It's why Jesus talks about forgiveness so much. We underestimate yeah. that side of things, and so, yeah, we fight hard for that, and we, we were prepared, I guess, to... Um, walk through the uncomfortability of situations in order to out, outwork our values mm. for community. Mm. Yeah. You've been thrown into the most unimaginable darkness to lose a child like that. You crafted a prayer. You, like you said, you had hundreds of people all around the world, literally thousands, praying for Lauren. And the prayers that you wanted answered weren't answered. How have, how have you dealt with unanswered prayer in that whole situation as you've journeyed from that time? How, how have you dealt with God? Why didn't you? Yeah, we read a really helpful book called A Grace Disguised and... Um, the author of this book had actually ha had just a horrendous loss, a, a car accident where he had lost his mother, wife and daughter. Um, and he talked about the whole thing of um, when you have got all the questions, um, the tempting thing to do is to kind of almost just, um, you know, turn away from God because you feel kind of like hurt and let down and um, but the thing to, 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 to do to be able to come through whole is stay facing towards God and he talked mm. about kind of going east and actually walking into the darkness and there's something about walking into pain facing the feelings um, 
and but facing the feelings towards God. So I just kind of, I guess I just felt God was big enough for me to basically pour it all out in just raw honesty, almost like, you know, beating my arms on God's chest. All the questions, like, God, it's not fair. You know, all, what, what is going on? And I think ultimately, in being really honest and trying our hardest to keep facing towards God and stay connected in our pain and our questions and the mm. unanswered prayer, um, eventually then was able to come to that place of... Um, God, I lay down my right to understand, wow. which I guess wow. is trust. We were singing about trust before, and and ultimately, ultimately, I guess that thing of well, God, I know you're a loving Father, you're a good, good Father, and I'm not going to let my pain shape my image of God. I'm going to let my image of God shape my pain. Wow, that, that was like an yeah. anchor to hold on Incredible. to because I just thought if I lose that, I've I've not just lost Lauren. I've lost everything, you yeah. know, because because holding on to God is is mm. the source then of healing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just and yeah, just honesty, rawness, but trying to walk through the middle of pain and not turn my face away from God. Mm. And the, and the metaphor of going east was really really helpful because everything in us and is still there, it still rises up. Is we wanted to hold on to the old story uh everything about it we enjoyed everything about lauren we enjoyed um and we almost wanted to go west and extract the warmth of the setting sun and not let that sun go down on that story but the reality is that story had ended uh, and our first choice world was not an option um, and we could wrestle in that place for a long long time or we could choose to go east trusting that if we go through the darkness that eventually the sun will rise on the other side uh, and we're still in that place I'm still in that place I wouldn't mm. say the sun has risen yet but I think instinctively we, we, we know that if we don't face the sorrow and feel the sorrow we won't be able to also feel the joy and, and my theology and everything in me knows that joy runs deeper than sorrow joy is an eternal elements of the kingdom of God that was there before the creation of the world it's what we'll inherit uh, and whilst th this journey uh, east is about embracing I guess that title Jesus says of himself about being a man of sorrow is I, I feel that um, that's not a defining thing it's actually about how to journey well and so getting in that darkness has been utterly horrific there's, 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 no, there's no way of dressing it up or, or making a theology that makes it palatable. It, it, it's been a shattering experience. Uh, and parts of my belief system have been shattered, which, again, I think God is big enough to deal with. Uh, he's more interested in our faith than our beliefs anyway. Uh, there's a difference. Uh, some of our beliefs have to get suspended and reworked and wrestled through. And so, so much of the darkness has been wrestling with God. Um, but knowing, as Ness said, eventually, when we're exhausted with the wrestle, we have to yield. And it's been a bit of a cycle of wrestling and yielding. And one of the things that I read that I found incredibly helpful was this idea that is unpalatable for some Christians at times, is the idea that we, we need to forgive God. Mm. And I found that incredibly helpful that um, God 
in my understanding, has the power to intervene into our situations and to change things. Um, but I don't understand why. That's, that's why I'm at. So uh, my belief is that God hasn't done anything wrong and that in heaven there'll be an understanding that I don't have now. But from the pers perspective I have at the moment, he could have done something and didn't do something. Uh, and so forgiving God has been incredibly helpful. Wow. Um, wow. And actually, I, on one level, he doesn't need my forgiveness, but on another level, I think he does. He wants it because he's so interested in, in my relationship with him. Um, and he's big enough to deal with that. Um, and and I, wonder, I wonder for some of us whether that might be something that is helpful, mm. uh, that we... We forgive God, not because he's done something wrong, but because we don't understand yeah. uh, why. Wow. That's really powerful, really powerful. I also, um, I was really struck by something that Bill Johnson said after he lost his wife, Benny. Yeah, yeah. And um, he just said, um, this is the only opportunity I have to give the gift of pain in my offering of worship. Mm. Obviously, because you know, majority of our existence in glory, there's going to be no pain, no tears. You know, but there are there are moments in life where there is something that we can give to God that we can't give uh, in, you know, at any other point, which is my heart is broken, but Lord, I give you my broken heart. Mm. And I just found that really powerful. Someone who who was going through that that kind of pain as well. Mm. Um, and he also said something which I, he said, the truth is um, that I work for God, he doesn't work for me. Mm. And so again, ultimately there comes that we are baffled, you know, we'd be lying if we said we understood it all. We are baffled, mm. but there is that kind of, but ultimately you're God. Mm. Yeah. And, and when we go through things that we don't feel should happen... That it, you, you know, you cry out, God, I don't understand, I don't understand. And you just said that phrase, Ness, I gave up my right to understand. That's a really powerful, powerful thing to say and an amazing place to come to. But I guess you have to journey that every day. Yeah, it, didn't it didn't come easily no. or it wasn't the first no. thought. No. It was after the wrestle. Yeah. yeah. So in, in this sort of last year or so, how have, how have you begun to process that as a couple? You know, what... what what go-to places do you go to? Where, where do you find yourself on a daily basis? You know, we talked last night. I asked, you know, how are you, how are you dealing with that as individuals? That might be good to hear that because you're, you're not only having to deal with this as a couple, but you're also individuals in this as well. And, and grief has a different process to different people. So, so, so tell us a little bit about what, that, what that's like for you as individuals and how you marry that together as a couple. I think, I mean, we knew the stats that after the death of a child, uh, you know, the stats aren't great in terms of marriages staying together. And we just, we just felt a kind of a determination, I think, of like, um, you know, our wedding vows are really important to us. Wow, yeah. They really are. You know, 25 years ago, we said to each other, for better, for worse. Um, 
And so there's, there was almost a kind of a, like a, a, a deep resolve of like, we are, we are gonna, we're going to hold on to God and we're going to hold on to each other through this, knowing that we're both quite different. We're wired differently. So knowing that we would have to give each other space and room to grieve differently mm. because maternal grief is different to paternal grief and 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 we you know even though we we just abs- both of us absolutely adored lauren obviously we had different relationships with her there's a different relationship as a mum mm. to a dad um one of the things that we 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 found helpful in the whole breaking bread as well as with our small group we actually for a very long time after she died, we broke bread together, okay. just the two of us. And there was something about whatever had gone on that day, because some days one of us could have been in, wrecked in tears the whole day. The other one might have actually been able to function, you know. So it wasn't that we weren't on this, always on the same journey, but then to come together at the end of a day and to be able to stay emotionally connected because of our faith in Jesus mm. was actually really helpful. It was a very practical thing where we just together broke bread we held hands we, we just prayed together mm. and it, I think that kept our hearts connected mm. so that our, our marriages stayed strong yeah I think our determination to go in the same direction even if the route was different has been very very helpful and um, I think we've we, we understand enough to know that we grieve differently and give each other the space to, to do that. Um, I mean, I, I, I've spent a lot of time outside. That's been really helpful for me. The last two years, I've probably spent at least an hour outside walking, um, keeping what, moving. Watching rabbits. Yeah, hares, actually, <laughs> Graham, yeah. <laughs> and birds. And um, keeping moving. I felt yeah. one of the things that God speaks to me was about you just need to keep moving mm. um, through whatever days uh, come your way. Uh, and some of that has been about physically moving and keeping, keeping moving. Um, and so much of that, I think, is what I talked yesterday a bit about different rooms, but the inner room, just me and God space. Yeah. That's where I've done a, a lot of the processing. I'm still... I would still say I'm still pretty unprocessed. <laughs> uh, there's, I don't know if I'll ever be full. I won't be ever fully processed. There's no way. But th- there, there is a grace there. And I think I remember uh, in, in the lead up, in, in between Lauren's tumour and her dying, that being one of the most terrifying phases of my life, mm. just having to fight off dread, a spirit of dread, of heaviness, of, of thinking, if this happens, I just can't see how on earth I'm ever going to function. And um, I think the, the fact that we're speaking here and that we can, can speak, I, I do see it as a bit of a miracle. Sure. Um, I, I, I don't feel I should be able to function given... given the depth of the loss. Mm. And... Um, Whilst the prayers that we wanted to see answered weren't answered, those prayers still had an impact. And this is why I think we're compelled to pray as God's people. Um, The more happens with our prayer than we understand. 
And there has been, I, I, I don't believe for a moment it's just my own journey that means that we are here today. Um, not depressed, sad but not depressed, um, that people's prayers have carried us. Mm. There's just, there's no way around it. Um, and, so, and so our prayers and journeying with people has, I think has been absolutely immense. Mm. We, we've had to try and make good decisions when tempted to make bad decisions in pain. <laughs> it's very tempting to make really bad decisions in yeah. pain. Yeah. But I think, again, prayer has, has held me in. I, I don't think I could have done it just off my own resolve. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think we've helped each other. Like, There's been times, I don't know if some of you might relate to this, but when you're in pain, it can feel almost easier to take offence Mm. Uh, other people if people maybe say things or do things and we've tried really hard to kind of like keep each other like in check and accountable of like just we say to each other often just keep forgiving keep forgiving <laughs> keep forgiving you know because um, ultimately you just you know to, 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 to come through with a soft heart that's our that's our that's our hope our desire our prayer soft heart towards God and a soft heart towards people mm. yeah yeah and we read again in this book that um the the greater the capacity for sorrow eventually the greater capacity for joy wow and that's our yeah. that's our hope you mm. know that somehow we'll be able to love more love better and have more joy incredible absolutely incredible you mentioned prayer prayer connecting to worship you've You've been part of charismatic churches for, for decades. Yeah. So worship is big, isn't it, in our yeah, scene? Yeah. You know, we've sang, you know, when death was arrested this morning, my life began. Is worship possible in grief like that? And if it is, how have you connected in worship? What, 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 what's that been like for you well, even here this morning? There's you know? definitely a breath, breadth to worship. Um, so lament is part of worship, yeah. groaning is part of worship. Um, so it has to broaden out. A third of the Psalms, I think, are around lament. Um, we, we don't tend to focus on that third as, maybe as much as we need to. I think we, we probably all need to grieve more in our lives than, than we do. And uh, I think grief is the most painful gift, but it is a God-given gift. But we, we do avoid it. But one of the ways to access it is through worship and lament. Some of the songs that we'd sung are difficult to sing. Some of them I don't even agree with the theology. <laughs> God, you're never going to let me down. You know that one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, felt massively let down by God. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll be able to sing that the other side of the door in heaven. But from this perspective, that doesn't make sense at all. So, um, yeah, being really honest about that. Mm. And I think God values our honesty more than us just singing words. Mm. So, um, I, I, but I have found songs. I've stumbled into songs. I've probably listened to more worship songs in the last few years than, than at any other point in my life. Yeah. But they, they're ones that I've kind of stumbled into and I've, uh, often it will be an album and then it will go on Spotify or just play random songs and I'll stumble into them. I'll be like, oh, that, that's our favourite, that one. And so I think there's about 40 songs now 
that I've favorited that, are, that I've just titled Daily Surrender. Because mm. um, that's what grief's felt like, actually. Mm. Gr- grief has felt incredibly sacred, but it's also felt like inc- extreme surrender. Mm. Um, and worship, I think, is, is, is part of that. Mm. I know for me, um, in, in sort of sung worship gath- gatherings, um, there have been a, quite a lot of times where I've not felt able to sing the words, either because I've been crying or there's been a lump in my throat. And so um, I've often just lifted up my hands mm. but, and, and almost like, well, God, that's my posture of worship, even if I can't, even if I can't sing or say the words, I mean, certainly in the in the first I don't know the first year, anything that was to do with eternity or I would just start crying, um, but we just keep my hands in the air because it's like I am worshiping. I just I, I, my voice at the moment is unable to mm. join in. Yeah, and ha- and have there been? I mean, thank you. Your honesty must be really impacting the church here this morning. I just love that. Has there, has there been some like go-to scriptures? Have you like had like key words from the word of God that have been like sure foundation really carried you? And how important is the word of God in this situation? Yeah, it, it, it is such an anchor. Yeah. It does, when your emotions are like this, yeah. you know, it just, it does feel like it's that, it is that rock um yeah um there's a, there's a, again going back to the psalms um psalm 116 just talks about i will fulfill the vows i've made in the land of the living mm. and um for me just that's just been a little kind of like one to hold on to of yeah. you know we're not in that it's like that kind of thing of we God didn't take us at the same time that Lauren went ahead. So there must still be some work for us to do. So, which helps with purpose. Mm. Like there is still God assignments for us to do. So I will fulfill my vows, you know, which I have made mm. to God for serving him, staying committed, you know, to each other. That was, that was one that I've held on to. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned, Rich, just now that grief is a gift to carry you through the pain I I know you've spoken a little bit around that this morning but is there anything else you want to say about how um, we can grieve well when we have loss (laughs) and I guess that's different for everyone but how do how have you how do you feel you've grieved well and that, that grief is that gift that carries you through some pain yeah it's um it's a really familiar word, but it's, it's maybe not practiced quite as much. I think sometimes what, what is talked about as endless grief is sometimes endless pain pushing. Uh, I, I do think when we grieve, we, we move forward in something. So, so time isn't a healer, but time spent grieving, I do believe, is a healer. Uh, and we don't grieve as those without hope. We grieve in God. And, and for me, it, it has been... A really holy place. It's, it's been a place where I've met with God. I've grieved in God. I've carried the sadness around the whole time, but that isn't necessarily grief. That's, that's the loss. I think grief is the gift that we engage, and it feels horrible at times to engage, 
but then it does bring a relief. Um, and that, that's, my, that's my experience. And I think in church and society, there's much more we need to grieve than we do grieve mm. uh, uh, and, and let go of. And, and often that grieving is associated with repentance and surrender um, and tears. <laughs> tears are um, another gift. Mm. Maybe call them a sacrament, actually. Uh, uh, and there's, there's something really precious about tears that God sees. Mm. He collects them. Um, I've got a few thoughts about what he does with them, but I probably won't go into that now. But he mm. sees our tears and he draws really close to the brokenhearted. And I don't think there's, any, there's many times that I feel God closer than when I'm in that deep grief, even though I don't necessarily feel it. But there's some sort of release going on because... Because what I'm feeling is pain, but there's also a sense of this is this is holy, mm. um, which doesn't make it easy. It's a funny mix. Mm. It's a funny old mix. But yeah. the the encouragement is to um, is to go there really mm. and to carve the time out. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd be re- I'm, I'm interested in in this next question in terms of the ongoing. So, Rich, you and I have talked on a few occasions in the last year or so, and you've said to me on more than one occasion, you know, heaven can't come quick enough. You know, know, in in the light of what you've gone through, I'd, you know, Jesus, come back today or take take me home. But at the same time, you know, the Bible says, all my days have been allotted by you. They're all written in your book. So, and you're both leaders, you know, you've, both still probably feel the call of God on your life to do things, and yet you're journeying this pain. How, how do we find purpose in our suffering? You know, I, yeah, how, how do we find purpose in suffering on a day-to-day basis? What, what do we feel about that? I think there, is, um, there, are, there are choices that you can make in suffering. Um, I think there's primary loss, which is the stuff that happens to us. You know, we none of us get to choose or can control what happens to us. But there is also secondary loss of what happens in us, and we do get to choose what about that. So I think I've just felt well. There, I know that if I make the choice around how we process this, then. Um, you know, I can come through this softer and stronger and with that and even more clearly aligned to kind of God's purposes, you mm. know, to become um, more able to see what God's doing, you know, be aligned to, 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 to because it's almost like the clutter of everyday life and distraction just falls further behind and what's really important, which is which is Jesus and his kingdom, it, that, it's almost like that becomes more front and center. Um, so I just, I just think there's something about saying, well, God, I didn't choose this, I don't want this, but what, what can you do through this to transform me wow. that you couldn't do if life was just, you know, plain sailing? So, yeah. yeah. I think that whole thing of like, yeah, God... Either, either I think suffering, you become bitter or you become better. Mm, wow, that's a great phrase. 
Yeah. And I, I, I guess that, that maybe in the suffering, there isn't so much purpose in the suffering, but there's purpose in finding Jesus in the suffering. Right. And he gives my life purpose. The suffering yeah. doesn't give my life purpose, but right. he gives my life purpose. And um, there's a rich theology in scripture that is becoming deeper and richer to me as we talked about the Bible and it reads differently to me now. Mm. The New Testament reads differently. The emphasis of it reads differently. Um, I feel like I'm reading it less through a affluent Western mindset and maybe more through the suffering church mindset, uh, which is longing and hoping and recognizing that things this side of heaven are broken but there is a plan underway. Mm. And uh, the, <laughs> I heard one person say um, that some advice he was given when his son died was just make sure you believe a promise that Jesus has actually made and not one that you thought he'd made. Um, and I, I think <laughs> this is what I, I, I felt like some of my beliefs have been shattered, that I've maybe thought there's been promises that Jesus actually hasn't made. Uh, that they're actually all in Christ. He doesn't just plan to give us more. He plans to give us everything, but that everything is in Christ. And he sees from a different vantage point and a different perspective. Mm. And he will make all things new. And he will redeem and he will restore. Uh, and that is the hope of the gospel. Our hope isn't that life will get better or necessarily work out. The hope is the resurrection is coming, that God is going to make all things well and all things new. And um, that kind of comes into clearer focus. Mm. Uh, and that's what the uh, C.S. Lewis talks about in the New Testament. That's what the leaves of the New Testament are rustling with, yeah. this hope. Yeah. Uh, and that just has been embedded more deeply. And, and I think there's those phrases that maybe I couldn't own before I can own. So Paul says, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I, I feel I get that. I feel like there's such an inheritance waiting for us in heaven. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not a death wish, but there is a heaven wish. There's an existential ache and a longing that we all feel once we get, uh, you know, once we kind of sit, sit with ourselves for a while, we realize that uh, every, every longing we have is an echo of this deeper longing. Mm. And I think that, that is, um, it's like that piece of eternity that God places in the heart of mm. humanity has been polished. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's almost got this homing signal on it. Yeah. One more question. Um, most of us here haven't gone through the depth of loss that you've gone through. To lose a child is, is in, incredibly painful. But we've all, we, all, we all have loss in our lives. You know, we, we, we've all lost things that hurt us and cause pain. If you, you know, before you leave here today, if you were to say to us as a church, you know, what would be two or three things that you would encourage us to do to grieve well and to process loss? What, from your experience, what, what would they be? I would say very simply, cry as often as you can. <laughs> One of my friends who's a clinical psychologist said, gave me that advice. Mm. And actually it's really helpful because mm. I do think that is the way that God has 
given us the, the, that the gift of the tears, gift of tears yeah. to, to, there's something about you cry it out and it's like you actually process and you release the emotion and so it sounds dead simple but I, yeah cry cry don't block don't don't push tears away because tears are the route through to mm. healing uh, and there's 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 a part in scripture where Paul talks about God comforting us in our suffering in order that we might comfort others. Um, but we first got to receive that comfort in order to give it away. And that's really our calling, is to be conduits of the grace and the goodness of God. Um, when we were worshipping, I, I just had a sense of um, there's a tremendous amount of stories in this room mm. uh, that have been born out of hard places. Mm. Uh, and that God wants to anoint the stories. Wow. Uh, and for some of you, you, you need to, um, to start telling them because in telling your story, it's interweaved with um, the grace of God. Uh, and actually in telling your story, you're telling a bit of God's story. And I see some incredible things happening uh, across this church as people tell their stories because what God does is he, he draws a bigger circle around what the enemy's meant for harm uh, and he brings a, a, a transformation and a, and a greater good out of it that we doesn't make what happened in any way good but it means there's a, a, an outworking mm. for his kingdom mm. and so I, I, I saw that really clearly actually I saw God anointing people's lives and stories particularly from the hard places um, and it's not that you tell it because it's your identity you tell it because there's a story of God's redemption plan mm. that you're participating in and you might not be fully through it just like we're not fully through it um, but it but it it does something yeah yeah so I just wanted to share that yeah that's brilliant thank you that's incredible We've come, come to the end of this bit. I'd really like us, for you to pray for us, um, particularly maybe for those of us that are living through loss or still carrying the pain of loss, whatever that is. I'd love it. Would you pray for us? You know, and, and if you feel like you just want to lead that in a certain way, that'd be great. So, yeah. Should we just show our appreciation to Ness and Rich? That was amazing, wasn't it? Thank you. leave it to you. Father, we bring our stories before you. Lord, the really hard parts, the things that right now, Lord, are causing us pain, we bring them before you. Lord, would you show us how you are beginning to anoint those stories? Just that sense of the Holy Spirit anointing with precious oil the stories that come from the wounds. And Lord, as we bring those stories to you, we would know you hold our stories and you hold the wounds in our heart with such tenderness and such care and Lord as we lift the lid 
um, present, Lord, the parts of us that, that are broken and that hurt, that we know we can trust in a good, good Father. And even now, Lord, as we tentatively lift the lid, we just are so aware of your gentleness in how you deal with us. Mm. Your grace yeah. in how you hold us. Your mercy in how you gaze upon us with mm. loving kindness. Yes, Lord. How, Lord, you hold us close. Yes, Lord. How, Lord, you breathe gently into the sacred spaces where it hurts. Thank you you breathe, Lord, your peace. You say, peace I give to you. Mm-hmm. My peace I leave with you. And, Lord, that we would be so aware of how your peace and how our pain can coexist and how our pain can be wrapped up in your peace, yes, a Lord. blanket of your peace. Yes, Lord. Lord, to come and just wrap around the, 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 the delicate, the sore places, Lord, of our hearts and our minds. Your blanket of peace will come. And so, Lord, that we, we say, God, where can we go but you? Mm. You are our Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. And you, Lord, are the one who can heal, the one who can restore, the one who can redeem, the one who can transform. And so we lay ourselves before you, Lord, and do what only you can do. Mm. Come, Lord, we pray. Yes, Lord. Amen. <laughs>